The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those rocking it on the other side. This week we have on Jerry Graff. Jerry is the co-founder and chief creative officer at Slap Global. Jerry was previously the founder of Barton F. Graff 9000 LLC. Here's what people have said about Jerry. Business insider named Graff the most creative man in advertising. And Newsweek called him one of the new Don Drapers. AdAge named Jerry one of the 50 biggest and best thinkers and doers from 20 years of advertising and consumer culture. Facebook appointed Jerry to the Facebook Creative Council. And Forbes named Barton one of the 14 most influential agencies in America. So in this episode, Jerry gets transparent with how long things took him to actually achieve his accumulated success. Let's just say he's won every award in the advertising industry. I don't have all day here to list them all out. He details the process he went through to get his first job, then how we can expedite that process today. He details his process and how many years it took him to land his first great spot, first great ad, then tells us how we can expedite that process as well. Also, he lists out two major things it takes to thrive in advertising. So this one is a good one to listen to from start to finish, perhaps a couple of times. And if this information in this episode is not enough for you, Jerry listed out additional resources he recommends just for you. You can find those at Breaking and Entering Pod on Instagram. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right, Jerry Graff, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing great, Gino. Thanks for having me. And where are you at? You said you're in you're in Boston visiting? Yeah, I live in New York City, but I'm up in Boston uh, visiting my family. Gotcha. I'm, in my, I'm in my mom's study right now. Nice. Is that the same house you grew up in? No, no. Gotcha. Um. Well, I'm excited to talk with you about advertising. I'm sure you talk about that sometimes in your life because you're the co-founder and chief creative officer at Slap Global. Exactly that right. That's exactly right. That's nice. what I was going to say. Cool. What does that mean? What do you guys do at Slap Global? What does it mean to, find, to be a co-founder? What does it mean to be a chief creative officer? Give us the rundown of your life. Well, co-founder uh, is, you know, kind of self, you know, explicit i guess uh i s- started you know the company with uh partner maxi maxi itzkoff um and we just started a company with no clients and no investors or anything like that we started during the pandemic and um chief creative officer uh simply means that um nobody above me can tell me what i can do creatively heck yeah that's what we like it's the only reason I ever pushed to be like a creative director or an ECD. I didn't care about the title. I just wanted to minimize the the people on top of me. Gotcha. So does that mean your co-founder was more account focused? Is it more account focused? No, what is, no. What does that look like? Um, 
Um, my co-founder is a, another creative. Um, before Slap, I had an agency called Barton F. Graff um, for about 10 years. Before that, I was uh, chief creative officer at Saatchi and Saatchi New York. And my partner, Maxi, was chief creative officer at Saatchi and Saatchi in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And we became really good friends. Um, and we always talked about doing something together and it never quite worked out. And then during the pandemic, he, uh, he called me up and asked me if I wanted, you know, he knew I had just, uh, closed my, my old agency and he asked me if I want to work on a project and we, we worked on some stuff for Doritos and came out out pretty good, actually very good. And then, uh, uh, an old client of mine, uh, Fox sports called me up and asked me if I. I had a crew together and I said, well, I've got a, a friend in Argentina, we're doing some stuff. And we did a big project to launch their, their new sports app. And then, uh, Maxie and I just said, uh, we were initially just kind of screwing around, but, uh, I think we have an agency and we should start something. And how many people in those first couple projects, like Fox, how many people were, uh, were helping you with that? Um, it was about five. We had, a a great planner, um, who was, who is in Madrid and, uh, two other, uh, uh, creative people working together. And then some, uh, uh, who were kind of, I don't know, I guess everybody was freelancing and then a producer yeah. came in and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was a little over two years ago. Now I would think, I don't know much, but don't you need somebody that's a account specialist in, in the mix there, or is the creative so good that the accounts come to you you need somebody who okay. uh who you you might need a ceo or president or a head account person or a project manager you need somebody who can kind of keep like keep a schedule you know and let let the client know that you uh you know and care about their business as much as you should and who um, and who is that person for you for Lynn, you guys? Lynn, Lindsay Corona, uh, is my president, uh, uh, since, uh, last September. Okay. But we had some, uh, some freelance people, but your, your instinct is right. Uh, you know, I, I remember mother, uh, always used to boast that they don't have account people, mm. you know, don't and, they call uh, them mothers? They call them mothers, which is, is what it is. Yes. But I thought it was funny because years ago, um, they flew me to London to interview for a job there and, uh, you know, nice business class ticket. And, uh, I stayed nice. at a nice hotel. And then the next morning I went to mother, uh, for my interview and, um, the chief creative officer was on vacation. They forgot I was coming. No way. And I remember my first thought was, you see, this is why you need to count people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what'd you do? What'd you do then? Just I went sightseeing in London, you know, free and, trip. Yeah. Free trip. And, you know, he's a good friend of mine now, but, uh, he's yeah. like, oh, I'm so sorry. Can you stay for two days? And I'm like, no, nah, I can't really. I got kind of got to get back to, to New York and, uh, yeah. and I went home, but free trip, you know, to London. How do you get to that point where you're getting free trips to London? Um, you, it's what any creative person, uh, in advertising should do is, you know, completely concentrate on, on making, uh, great work and everything comes after that. 
you get phone calls with free trips. There you go. <laughs> and they'll call you up. Um, yeah. But I want to go back to Slap here. Um, what does it look like now since you guys started in the pandemic and, you know, you had a team, a small team of five, you have a president now, what, what's going on? What is the agency look like? Who are your clients? What are the, what's the work you're producing looking like? We've got, uh, 23 full-timers now, nice. um, split, um, mostly between, uh, New York and Buenos Aires with, uh, with a few in, um, in Madrid as well. Um, and, um, it's your kind of core team that I think you need nowadays. We have creative people. We don't, I don't really call them account people. They're more like business people. They know the business of advertising. You know, they know, they know the business of our clients and they know the business of, of an agency, um, such as how to make money, uh, for your ideas, which is very important skill when you own your own company is to know how to make money off of what you make. Um, and, um, we have, uh, some incredible, uh, um, brand planners, uh, media planners, um, some data specialists, uh, who help us, you know, in the, you know, social and digital world, um, our clients, uh, are, we do a lot of stuff with the snacks division of PepsiCo. We've done incredible work for, uh, Doritos, um, both in the States and, in, um, and globally, um, just finished a global project for Lay's, uh, potato chips that's coming out that, uh, really excited about done projects for Samsung. We've done projects for Under Armour, um, Fox sports, like I mentioned before. Um, it's mostly project work, um, this, this time around, but, yep. um, it's, 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 it's been great. What's the vision? What makes you guys different? Um, well, it's, um, the company run the two founders, myself and Maxi, two creative people. So we're completely dedicated to, uh, to creative thought. Um, I think one thing that makes us different is, um, when we were being interviewed, when we opened by ad age, um, telling Ann Christine Diaz, uh, she's a McCann now, but she's yeah. an incredible person and, and, and journalist, um, that, uh, you know, Maxie and I believe that creativity shouldn't just be applied to marketing and communications. Creativity should be applied to every part of the business. And Anne called this a business accelerator through creativity. Ah. And, and I asked her if I could, if I could take that and put it like really big, right on the top of our website. So, so we, we, uh, we are involved with our clients, not just, uh, creating brand strategies and brand campaigns and marketing campaigns, but we get into uh, product development, um, package design. Um, I've even written an HR manual for a client on, on hiring practices based on the strategy involved. Oh, cool. And you're obviously independent and you've won yep. independent agency of the year in 2021 and 2022. Is that by the FE awards? By the FEs for effectiveness. People uh, love that. People love that award show. I think it might be the only one that matters, you know? What the, makes that? For the, I know award shows. I'm submitting them all the time. Yeah. For my job. But tell the, tell the listeners what, does, what makes the FE different. The FEs is based um, on the effectiveness of your, uh, of your idea um, based on various kind of benchmarks, sales, um, kind of a, a rise, you know, how your brand awareness um, is increasing, just a, a couple of different, different things. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, 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 I will work nonstop for like two straight days to come up with an idea. I love creating, um, 
new ideas. Um, and when you sell them to clients and you get to go make them, that's fantastic. But when they actually run and sales go up, guess what? They call you up and they ask you to do it again. Absolutely. <laughs> now so that's, that's why the, the FEs and effectiveness is great. You know? Yeah. It also well, proves my point that, that, you know, we all know that the world is just, just covered in just, I don't know, crud, just horrible, horrible, horrible marketing. But I've always believed and I've based my entire career off of um, great ideas, sell the most stuff. And it's been, it's been true. You op this, this can open the doors to a discussion between like, you know, there's creative, creative ads that get awarded for creativity, but don't sell as much or they're not effective. There's schools of thought on like, how do you judge good creative work? So you, are you arguing that good advertising in the end will sell? Is that one of the key things that it has to sell or be effective? Uh, the most effective advertising are the, are, are the best ideas. That's what I believe in. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. What do you think about the moldy whopper then? The moldy whopper? Um, the guys who made it, I know them. They're, they're some of the most creative people in, in the world. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't know what the effectiveness of it was. Um, at least it was bold and got noticed. That's part, you know, that's step number one yeah. in, in, in great advertising is, is to get awareness. Um, it's actually not that hard, um, to get noticed. I don't think, ah. you, you know, um, you can do a lot of things to get noticed, but, um, if you do get noticed, you know, creating advertising, um, you can't waste that moment. You know, you have someone's attention for seconds or minutes or whatever. And you have to, you know, give them a, uh, some kind of message and get them to act in a certain way, either feel better about the brand you're doing or, or click and buy or drive and buy or whatever. So, um, Moldy Whopper got, got awareness. I don't know what the effectiveness of it sure. was, you know? Yep. Um, back to slap. Are you guys looking for interns or anything like that at all? Uh, any? Always junior looking, talent. Uh, always looking for interns, um, and um, always looking for for you know people with a a, a fresh point of view. You gotcha. know, you know I see a lot of uh, I still call them books. You know, I see a lot of portfolios yep. and stuff like that, um, and I can almost always figure out. Well, first I can usually figure out what your strategy was, if you have a strategy, but even if you don't have a strategy on an interesting idea, I can usually figure out and backtrack you and figure out how you got there, you know? Um, and the people I like the most are when I can't figure that out. My other, you know, just people who just think completely different and, and I just want to talk to them and learn, how did you, how did you get to this place? You know? Absolutely. Uh, and, and do you notice like, for those people that do stump you, do they, are they usually at portfolio schools or are they brand new to this stuff? Like what are their backgrounds? Usually the people that stump you. Um, they've usually had some kind of, of education, marketing or advertising education, you know, a lot from portfolio schools. Um, I never went to a portfolio school. I kind of figured it out on my own, you know, but, but these days, um, um, it's, it's, you know, it, it helps to, you know, not only, 
um, be incredibly creative. Like I, I've seen like someone's Instagram page and just be blown away and just wanted to meet them because it was great. But people who can come up with great ideas that are attached to a selling idea, because because that's that's what we do. You know, it's you know at the end of the day, we can talk about creative all the time, but you know, I'm here to to sell a bag of chips, and I don't forget that. Gotcha. I want to get into your background now. So you, you mentioned here that you didn't go to a portfolio school. So let's yeah. kick it back and figure out how you got to where you're at today. What was that moment you said you want to create ads for a living? Um, well, I'll take it back maybe a year or two before that. The first time I thought I was a creative person because because I never, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a copywriter by trade, you know, and that's how I came up in the business. But I never thought of myself as a writer. Um, in in high school, I only read the books that I was supposed to read, and only sometimes, you know. Um, but I went to uh, I went to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame doesn't have frats. Their, their dorms are more like frats. So once yeah. you're in a once you're in a dorm, you're there for four years. They make what dorm hard. were you in? Keenan Hall. I have a friend that goes. I went to Notre Dame. I'll I'll have to. Keenan Hall. I've, I've heard of Hall. Still around? Yep. And ask him about the Keenan Review. Okay. Because I didn't know anything about Keenan Hall except for it was across the quad from the dining hall. And that looked like a good place to be. Um, but it just so happens that Keenan at Notre Dame, when I was there, still, I think it was like the creative hall. Oh, you know? The artsy. They not artsy, not really artsy, but they they put on a every year a a comedy review, a three night, always you know sold out show at the main auditorium at Notre Dame. It was basically a Saturday Night Live of Notre Dame, and um, I came home late one night and there were these guys sitting in the hallway. It was like a Wednesday, and they were writing for the review, and I didn't know what that meant, and we were talking. At Notre Dame, all the dorms either have a uh, a priest, a brother, or a nun in your dorm. And we had a brother. And I always thought we got shortchanged getting a brother, not a full-fledged priest. Right, right. And, and, I, and I said that. And they're like, well, why don't you think a brother's as good as a priest? And I said, I, th I think maybe a brother is just a guy who wanted to be a priest, but he failed Latin or something like that. And... I'm from Boston. I'm just a wise ass. I wasn't trying to make a joke. And somebody gave me a pencil and a, and a piece of paper said, write that down. That's a joke for the review. And that's Absolutely. how I became a, that's how I became a writer, you know? Um, and the show in, you wrote for the, the that skit and how to go over people laughing. It was, it was great. Um, we were writing, no, did not bomb. In fact, we wrote some other jokes, making fun of the Notre Dame football team. And, um, the um the field goal picker was in the audience. I remember he gave us the finger. Oh yeah, big time. And, and uh, I'm that's when I learned the power of writing. I'm like I'm this little nerdy geek, and this guy that starts on the Notre Dame football team. I just wrote something, and 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 I pissed him off so much he gave us the finger. And I also realized I was pretty smart because if you're gonna piss off a Notre Dame football player, probably pick the kicker, right? Exactly. Not going to do that much damage to you. So I, I loved writing and I, and I, you know, I graduated. I, you know, I had a bunch of, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, 
but I'd loved, I, you know, the, the next three years, I'd stay up all night just writing skits during, you know, January, February, and March when the show was being made. Right? And I loved it. And I wanted to do something with writing. I moved to LA for like six months after school and tried to get into, into television writing. And that was just a complete failure. And I moved back to, for you to go, to get out there though, and, and try yeah. and chase. Why not? Give it a, give it a try, you know, and it mm-hmm. failed completely. And I moved back to Boston and I had a good friend I went to high school with, and she went to Boston university, which is a great communication school. Yeah. Mary. Um, yeah. And I was talking to her and she's like, you ever think of advertising? And I didn't know what advertising was. And she told me about it and she gave me a copy of ad week and yep, she, yeah. um, told me about this award show called the one show, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I started looking at those, those awards and, and it looked like a blast, you know? And I'm like, oh, I can do this. This look, and it looks, looked easier to get into than Hollywood, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah. So remind me, what'd you study? What'd you study at Notre Dame? I started pre-med mm. and then, um, that didn't work out. And I went to psychology and I was told I'd have to take a fifth year and, a, I didn't have enough money for a fifth year and B, I wasn't going to be stuck in South Bend for five years. Right. So I, so I got out of psychology and they're like, well, you have two years to get a four year degree. All you can really do is one of the business degrees. So I picked marketing. Um, okay. but that was just pure coincidence because, um, I actually went back to, to speak at Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Cause they found out I was, you know, you know, pretty good at advertising. And I, I had a marketing degree from there. My whole speech was about, there's nothing in any class that I took here that has anything to do with what I do today in advertising. How'd they like that? Yeah. The, 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 the um, the students liked it. They, yeah. they kind of cheered, but, um, I don't even think they gave me like my, my little pen gift at the end of my, no, my, no, no, they kept, <laughs> they kept, the, they kept the pen, you know, are they not calling you back either? <laughs> no, I didn't get a, I didn't get a return, you know? That's good. But I did well, praise, it, the, I, I praised the review, so. Well, yeah, I mean, and we hear that a lot. And unfortunately, even in advertising undergrad education, that's kind of the case too sometimes. Yeah. So bouncing around actually pre-med psychology marketing and it actually helps for advertising because you, you're constantly bouncing around. You have to get fully caught up to speed um, with like, you know, the retail world of Little Caesars pizza, you know, and then you have to be totally immersed in the um, um, Helsinki world of, of uh, mobile gaming. And then you have to be, you know, the, you know next year you're, you're getting deep involved in a project for climate change that you're doing. So, hey, Jerry, you just unlocked a really good like narrative structure for interviews for these people that maybe have bounced around jobs or majors or, you know, they weren't in one place at a long time. That's a really good like proof point there that you could just be like, yeah, well, you have to do that in advertising. And that's why I would be yeah. good at an agency. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Just pay attention wherever you are. You never know what it's going to, you know, come in handy. So I was pre-med then psychology and then marketing. And then when I moved out to LA, I worked for a rat exterminator to make money while I tried to get into advertising, you know? And then when I moved back to Boston, I got a job as a stockbroker because it's Boston and I went to Notre Dame. So, you know, that's what you did, you know? And then I wasn't good at that. And I, I was trying to get into advertising. And then, you know, a couple of years down the road, I'm pitching Tomcat, you know, rodent poison. And I know more about killing rats than the people at Tomcat, you know? And then, you know, Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein asked me if I want to pitch E-Trade. And I start talking about, you know, margin calls and, and put and call options. Yeah, you, know? you had that experience. I had that experience, yeah. So you went there, you went faster, and I'm pretty slow. 
So, um, so from that one show book, the, the annuals, you saw that, you know, from your friend that went to Boston college and you said, this is interesting. It's probably easier than getting into Hollywood. What was your next step from there? Next step was, um, my girlfriend who's, who's now my wife, uh, told me she was moving back to Los Angeles cause she got a job at a gallery there. So I moved back to LA, but I was kind of on the advertising track. So, um, I worked as a broker from five in the morning till two in the afternoon because of the time ch change, you know, oh, and then I, and then I worked on my portfolio and I took a class at, um, Steve Gary's copywriting workshop. He was a, he was a shy day copywriter and taught a class. And I still remember his ad. He had an ad in the back of ad week and it said, if you can't write call and he put his phone number there and I'm like, this guy's a genius. There you go. There you so go. You call, so you called him up. I called him up. And what would, so that was his own, like his own little class that he did it, maybe like oh, once or twice a week. Class. Yeah. Twice a week, five people in the class in his basement, you know, and he basically taught you how to put a portfolio together, you know, yep. back a long time ago, like talking nineties now. And people do this today. There's people, there's you, you, there are these more established schools like Miami or, or VCU brand center where you get your masters, but there are like smaller mentorship opportunities. People are willing to help out, run their own little classes too. I always recommend people look into those. Yeah. And plus these days, you know, there's like so many places to, um, to show your creativity, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's Instagram, there's TikTok. you could have a podcast. You could just be the greatest wise ass on a subreddit, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of platforms. Yeah. Um, so you took this, what was his name? Steve Gary. Steve Gary. So he took his so class. Yep. Yeah. Put and a portfolio then you got a, together. A decent portfolio. How many campaigns do you have? It was not a decent portfolio. And I, it, I, I showed it around for like a year. And I was, I was not getting any jobs and they told me that I should just stay a stockbroker and I was horrible and my, and I, I still have that portfolio and it was horrible. It was full of puns, you know, awesome. um, I think my, my favorite ad, the only one I liked, it was still kind of punny was for, um, Purina fit and trim dog food, Okay, like that dog food. And it, and it said if, and it was a dog on his back and it said, if he gains too much weight, he won't be playing dead. That was my line. Um, That's awesome. And um, something happened to me when I was in LA, you know, failing and failing and failing. First of all, I was very, very shy when I, when I was a kid in like high school and college even. And, uh, you know, I just, just, I don't know, just quiet kind of shy kid, but I wanted to get into advertising, you know, really, really badly. So when people told me my portfolio sucked um, and they did a lot, I would ask them to be more specific. I would pull out each ad and tell me this one right here. Why does this suck? Why is this yeah. a piece of shit? Just so I, so I could learn. That's how I learned, you know, well, this one, but they, they, people, you know, some people you meet who I think they just exist in agencies just so they could just destroy people's dreams. You know, they've, they've never done anything creative in their life. They're in some kind of like creative HR job and they just shit on people left and right. So. Um, you'll, you'll meet people like that. Don't let it them wasn't, you. wasn't Jay shy. kind of like that. Didn't he like always push, he pushed people. He was known he for pushed pushing people. creative. He, he pushed it, people. Might've yeah, crushed yeah, some he, dreams along the way to himself, but he's a yeah, legend for you it. Know, I, you know, I, everyone crushes dreams. I remember, I remember showing a spot I made at Goody Silverstein and Rich Silverstein looks at it. He goes, well, the script was funny. 
<laughs> hey, you got you know? something. You got thick something. Skin. Thick skin. So, anyways, I was, I was, I really wanted to be in advertising. I really wanted to be a copywriter. I didn't care how badly my ego was being destroyed. And that's how I learned. And I kept doing my portfolio. And um, I met this one guy at this agency called Lord Densu, and his name was was Ken Fitzgerald. And, you know, this is early 90s. Um, and I sh he was nice enough to meet me. I showed him my portfolio. He he showed me two ads that he liked. He's like, these are the do more like this and call me when you have a, like you think you have a portfolio like these two ads. OK, told me told me why I liked him. So I went back and I worked and he said, he goes, listen, I have a day job, you know, so when you call me and I don't call you back or anything like that, don't be a little baby. Just keep calling me. And I'm telling you right now, you know, at, at one point I'll get back to you, you know? Yeah. So, so I, so I did, you know, and I had, you know, I worked really hard for a, for a month or two and I thought I had a great portfolio and I called him like eight times and the ninth time he answered. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, don't, you know, you know, screw your ego, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's great. And, and he liked what I had and he showed his boss and his boss liked what he had. He said, well, we're not hiring in LA, but I have a friend in New York's hiring. You should get your portfolio out there. I'll call her up for you. And right. it was at Saatchi and Saatchi in like 92 or something like that. And, um, just out of nowhere, like TWA airlines, you know, had like a $99 round trip LA to New York, kind of like fare saver thing. And I, I jumped on and I, I got out there and, um, and I got a job at Saatchi, you know, that was my first job, you know, Incredible. but it, that, that whole process from starting, like working on my portfolio to getting a job took a year and a half. How do you expedite yeah. that? If, if for people that are listening today, that might be in school or approaching graduation and they're looking at themselves, like they don't have a, a, a good portfolio. Like how do you expedite the process today? Knowing what you know now, what would you do today? Today? Well, first of all, you don't have to like ride around LA on your bicycle with a suitcase, you know? you know, with all your ads in there, you know what I mean? That helps. That helps. Yeah. That some time. Um, get, well, first do what I did. Get, if, you, if you're not getting anywhere, get your portfolio in, in front of anybody and get feedback. Well, not anybody. Don't get it in front of anybody. If you get your portfolio in front of a hack and they like it, that means they like hack work. Right. If they, if they don't like it, well, they're hacks, you know? So, so, you know, you know, do all your freaking research, which is easy to do today. You know, and know no everybody yep. and get, get your list of like people who, who have made stuff that you love and get about 15 of them and you might get two of them to call you back, you know? But you, I mean, like, I'm like, am I, if I'm a student with my portfolio and it's, I'm not going to, should they, who should they reach out to? Like to you, you're pretty busy. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the gall. I wouldn't have dare. The have the gall. I got, I get hit up on, on, on LinkedIn, like all the time, you know, and you know, if I'm in, if, if I have the time or I'm in the mood, I'll click, I'll click on your link and look at it. And if your first two ideas are killer, you know, I'll, I'll keep looking. If not, then I'll, I'll close it, close it down. Right. You know, but for you know? feedback, because that's a lot to ask for. Jerry. Yeah. Like if you're like, I, I got this portfolio, I just, well, I just kind of finished up portfolio school or I just worked on it for six months. Can you give me as much feedback as you can? That's a larger ask. So how should they approach right. like the ask to, for feedback? Well, don't, don't, don't just target people like me who are the big CCOs, you know, right. meet, meet the Ken Fitzgeralds who, you know, create not even a group creative director, but a creative director, you know, yeah. people, people who have been doing it for a little bit, but you know, have a little bit more time, 
you know? And that's, well, that's what happened to me. I, I showed it to a creative director. He showed it to the ECD. The ECD, you know, called the CCO at Saatchi and I got up that way, you know? Yeah, you know? That's fair. That's a good strategy. Gotcha. So high level in your career, let's go just run me through, like what were those big moments, big ads in your career that really made you shine, made you who you are today? Looking back, what comes to mind? Favorite pieces? Um, maybe just do it in a linear kind of fashion. You know, sure. the first, the, it took, took me about, after I got my first job, it took me like four or five years to, to get good at it. I was, I was horrible. You know, I didn't start at a widen or a shyet or, or, you know, you know, places like that, you know, um, at Saatchi, I was working on like pharmaceutical stuff. So, um, my first big thing was about five years into advertising. I was at BBDO and I wrote a campaign for Snickers, uh, called not going anywhere for a while. And, um, you know, the Kansas city chiefs still run my, my chef's ad where the groundskeepers painting the end zone and he forgets the eye and he paints chefs. That's you a know? good one. Yep. So, you know, that got, that got campaign of the year in 97. It's still running. The, well, whenever the KC is in the, in the, the Super Bowl, they always drag it out from like, you know, it's still in like that, the wrong kind of like, you know, that's awesome aspect ratio and stuff like that. So, so that, you know, that was, that was the, I did that with my part, my, my partner, Dave Gray, who's a director now. Great guy. Um, that got us to Goodby and I went, I got to go to Goodby in San Francisco. So does the, uh, if you get a big piece like that, like recognition for it in the industry or, or it sells, it's effective, then you get calls. Is that how it works? You're like, I know like a better agency will call you up and you go over there. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they, or they call you back when you call your, 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 you know, your, your calling card is your work and let, you know, yeah. not when you're a junior, but when you're, when you're in the industry. You've got to do something, you know, there's other ways to get jobs, headhunters and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but I always wanted people to call. So how do you get people to call? Well, you know, try your best to do something that's, you know, award-winning, famous, you know, shit like that. So I got, I, it took five years, but I got one and I got to go to Goodby. Why did know? it take five years? I mean, and I hear this a lot. I was horrible. I was horrible. I, okay. If, and if, did if it I, just take experience or do you have like, what can you say like to expedite that process? Like to get better? It's a large question, I know, but like, what's something you can be like, you would have told your junior self? Um, you, just because you got a job doesn't mean you're good at this, you know? Right. Yes, it was hard, almost impossible to even get into this industry, but now you're in it and you're at the bottom. And the only way you're going to get out of the bottom is, and you're a creative person, is to do amazing, amazing work. So you have to figure out two things. One, you have to figure out what amazing work is because you still don't know what that is, you know? So that's what I, I, you know, would always comb through the, the awards are, you know, yeah. and you know, the standard, like no, know, you know, the best, the best of the best out there. Know what it is. And somebody once told me like, when you're young, you don't, you don't have a style. So find somebody you love and copy them. That doesn't mean copy their ideas, right. copy this, do it like that. You Who know? is that so, for you? For me, it was a, a, a guy who used to work at Widen Kennedy and wrote all the, a lot of the original Nike stuff named Mark Fensky. And then it was another guy, Cliff Freeman, who was like the funniest guy in advertising. Um, so those, you know, two kind of, one's kind of cool and kind of edgy. The other one was just hysterical. So those were my two biggest inspirations. Yeah. And just, um, I was, 
I was still working on my portfolio when I had my job at Saatchi. And then I went to Wells Ridge Green. I don't know why they hired me like that, but I was always just trying to get better, trying to get better, trying to get better. Um, the other thing you have to figure out how to do is how to sell your ideas. You know, you know, first, I mean, the first thing to you really have to learn and never stop learning it is what is a great idea. Because what was a great idea 10 years ago is not a great idea now. Sure. You know what I mean? So you always have to stay fresh and push. You'll get to a point where the award shows aren't even good enough, you know, and you have to kind of keep an eye out because some of the best stuff I've ever done never won one award, you know, but you right. have to be hungry and you have to be searching and always going, I have to get better. I have to get better. I'm still like that 25 years later. Do you know what I mean? I have to get better. I have to figure out how to do this. So Sounds stay exhausting. hungry that way. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but it's worth it because you make something and it's like, shit, fucking yeah. awesome. And then it pays you know? off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was always the re reward. You made it. You're like, oh my God. You know? And then you see it out in the world. Yeah. You see it out in the world, you know? So and find it, the yeah. inspiration, know what good work is. Yeah. Was there another thing that you said too? You have to you figure sell out how to sell, your, sell, sell your work. How the so heck do you do that? Um, I think for me, it was trial and error, you know? First of, it's, first of all, it's like pitching your ideas to, uh, to your bosses, right? And if they're not liking it, you know, and you're loving it, um, figure it out, you know, just, just staying on it, you know, and trying to get, get it to them. And then, you know, eventually a couple of years in, you'll start going to clients and stuff like that. And, you know, figuring out the best way to, you know, pitch your idea to a client, you know, don't come in like the crazy creative, come in, you know, having done all your research, knowing about their business as much as you can, you know? And, um, you know, I, 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 I like, when I, you know, when I first came in, I was like, I got hired at BBDO as my third job as a headline writer. I wasn't even a copywriter as a headline writer. It's the greatest job ever. That sounds amazing. It, I laid 20 headlines a day. You know, it's freaking great. Jerry, Hyatt Hotels in Aruba. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Um, let's do this. You know, they had a big golf course there. So 18 ways to leave your lover. There you go. You know, 19 more and you can go home. They, all right. they don't, they don't have that nowadays. I'm sure. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, great role. And, and t TV, um, had no idea how to do TV. So I studied like Mark Fenske and, and Wyden and Nike and Cliff Freeman and Little Caesars and, and Wendy's and stuff like that. And I, I figured out how to, how to write TV. Um, and then I figured out how to present TV, you know, right. because, cause I was like reading scripts, like, and then we cut to a medium close up of, and it's like, no, 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 no. Pre present a script, present a video script. Like you're telling a story to your buddy, you know, yeah. you know, and then we turn the corner and who's standing there, this guy, you know, that's, and, I kind of learned. And that kind of draws on your, the review. That's yeah. skit, that skit writing back. Writing, back, writing skit, tell, tell it like a story, you know? Yeah, comes full So smart. I learned how to present after failing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. um, and, you know, you know, trust in, trust in your partner. You can't, you can never do it on your own, you know, yeah. um, and get stuff made. And then uh, another thing I learned early on was, um, you know, just again, back then making video, um, every great video I've ever done um, the script was like, I was like halfway there, you know, the production process, you know, the work doesn't stop, you know, you have yeah. to keep on crafting, um, the script. You have to, you know, spend thousands of hours in casting, pick the right director, always pushing, 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 and pushing, figuring out a way 
to get stuff shot that the client didn't say they wanted shot, you know, just always thinking, always thinking, you know, I had great mentors who were directors, uh, Brian Buckley and Frank Todaro. They directed a lot of the early stuff I did. And they went, you know, when we set up a shot, we'd get the script and stuff. They would say, okay, what's next? What's next? What else can we get? So you have to figure out production and you're like, you only have limited time, but you got the script. You're happy. Let's get two more things before we break down the lighting and go to the next thing. You know, and that's one thing I teach, you know, people who work for me, it's like, you're always creating and creating and creating and creating, you know, and then you go into editing. So it's exhausting. Yeah. But it's worth it. It's worth it. If it's good and it sells and you see it out in the world and people like it and it's effective. You, 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 if you think it's great and you could honestly say you've, you've studied enough and you've done enough hard work that you, you can honestly recognize what a great idea is. And you, and I think it's great. Then that's good enough for me. I like that. Well, you're pretty, you got some experience now. So yeah. I'm sure, you know, that, that took, holds true. that took about seven years for me to get there. I remember, I remember when I first got to Goodby Silverstein, I, I kept a journal and I look back at that journal and like the first pages, oh my God, I was in the same room with Rich Silverstein, you know? That's what yeah. it says. I can show it. Yeah. 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 And then six months later, that old fuck doesn't know what a good idea is. You know? <laughs> oh my goodness. I hope he listens. That's awesome. And I'm yeah. sure you told him. I, I didn't tell him that. No. Oh. <laughs> no. No. That's awesome. Amazing. And I know we're, we're running low on time. So I really appreciate your transparency. Like even going over that timeline of like how long it took you to get this experience. So people yeah. know like it's not an overnight thing and it's constant. Like you, like we've talked about, it's over and over nonstop working at your craft and knowing what a good idea is, getting inspiration everywhere. So we, I appreciate yeah. you illuminating that to our and listeners. Num num number one is getting to be able to recognize a great idea, you know? really getting, doing studying, you know, it's almost like going to film school, studying what great is, right? And yep. what, when you can get there and you're concepting with somebody, then when that kind of feeling in your stomach goes, yeah, and you want to run out and show somebody, yep. you know, that's a good idea. You know what I mean? Or when you're creative directing and somebody tells yep. you like, yeah, you have, you have to, it takes a lot of work and study to develop the instinct where you go like this. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Gotcha. You know? And usually there's a creative director or somebody, hopefully when you're just starting out, that can do that for you and teach you yeah. that and pass that down. Cause you yeah. to expect I mean, that's that. Other, that's a whole nother podcast on being a creative director. Not oh, just yeah. going, that idea sucks. Tell me exactly why it sucks and tell me exactly why you like it. You know what I mean? You know, the way I, somebody explained it to me to give feedback, you should talk about like how, what's working and what's not working. Uh, rather than saying this is good or this is bad. Do you follow that philosophy? Um, yeah, I, I always try to explain why I don't like something or why I'm jumping up and down wheezing. Sure. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta get it out and yeah, get pretty detailed. So it makes you, your job easier. Cause then if they know, right. The next time they, they come it. back and they go fix it or they, they come up with another idea, you know, gotcha. you know, and then, you know, I didn't even go through like, then I went to Shied and we did Skittles and Starburst and. And that was a how'd you get Skittle real quick? I know, you know, yeah, your buddy wanted me to. Yeah. It. Shout out to Ken Bates over here in Chicago. He said, strategy is your friend. How'd you get Skittles? So weird. Strategy is your friend. No one's ever going to buy anything weird or different unless it's attached to strategy. Yep. So Skittles, we did a lot of research and, and we found out that 
they, in the world of candy, they owned magic. You know, before I got there, they were doing unicorns and Merlin and Peter Pan kind of stuff, right? So I said, okay, you, you know, I talked to my client. I said, so you're known for magic. Yeah, we're the magical brand. And I said, I said, so what does magic mean to you? He's like, well, anything can happen. And I just remember thinking, you just told the wrong person anything can happen, you know? So my stuff, I'd never presented it as weird or this is crazy. I presented it like it was kind of magical, you know? Yeah. Uh, was this with Eric? Um, Eric came in after we, we had the camp campaign up and running, but he did some of the best ones. Yeah. Okay. Because I've had him on and he talked about that. So you were, you were before that you might've initiated some of that, like that strategy work behind it. Yeah, no, I, 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 from good beyond, I always work really tightly with, with, with strategists, you know, because yeah. I do like to push it. I like to push stuff to make people uncomfortable, but if they think I'm just fucking around, they're going to say no. But I can attach all of back. my creative choices back to the brief and back to the strategy and back to research. Um, just like, you know, it's not, it's not weird that there's a guy at a dairy farm with his shirt off and we're milking his tits. Oh my gosh. Right? Okay. Yeah. That, yes. that's, that's not weird. That's we're in the Skittles world of magic. That's pretty weird too, though. That's awesome that it worked and it sold. Yeah. That was a great it. one. That was like yeah. 17 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will, I can't forget that. Like I'm, it's running through my mind. That's a great one. What's that called? So people can Google it, YouTube it. Uh, it's for sour Skittles. Uh, it's specifically for sour Skittles. And I yeah. think it's called, I think it's called dairy farm. I love it. Yeah. Cause he has the, the dairy farmer has a problem because his milk is sour cause he's eating sour Skittles while they're milking him. Right. And you see what I did? I attached it to the product too. Right. There you go. It works. It's another way to sell that kind of stuff. It's it's completely selling the product. The only thing is the creative part that, that you know, you kind of have to sell. Mm -hmm. And you learn how to sell it by attaching it back to the strategy, back to the yeah. product as well. So that helps. Yep. So. Yeah. Got it. Perfect. This has been great. And all your advice, your your transparency, the timeline, and I know there's way more. I'm yeah, sure. I think I ended it like, oh, wait, so. Next time we'll, we'll, we'll cover the next, you know, 12, 14 years. Okay, absolutely. So maybe we'll do a part two another day, but I really do appreciate you coming on. Can people reach out to you if they have questions or want to find out more about your career or want to find out more about slap? What's the yes, best way to do that? Um, probably, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Yeah. We'll have them connect, put a little, put a little note in the connection yeah, and say it's from Gina, breaking Gina, out. Yeah. Gino sent me. You know, so many people don't put notes when they connect. I'm like, it's, it's a, li it's a little thing. That's all you need the, to do. Like, a little thing. A little bit of time, a little bit of custom, make it tailored to them. And then the, like, you'll increase your chances of getting connections. Yeah. Cool. All right, Jerry. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, people will reach out and yeah, we'll get this up soon. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. It's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios. 
and their LinkedIn, and they want to connect, so do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do without you two, and a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.